Welcome to the Fearless Female Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Katerina Cormas, mindset and confidence coach for fabulous women just like you. I'm here to help you attract in more of what you desire in life and business, more wealth, more joy, success, confidence, soulmate clients, and all the abundance you can imagine. This podcast is all about your evolution, your evolution to becoming the woman that has all she desires. This is where you become untethered from the fears and the doubts and the limiting beliefs holding you back right now, and instead embodying the mindset, beliefs, thoughts, and actions that will bring you to your next level goals, dreams, and success. If you're ready to step into your next level confidence and fearlessly create the life and business of your dreams, then you're exactly where you're meant to be. This is where you get your weekly dose of paradigm and mindset shifting insights that will help you change the way you see yourself and all you're capable of manifesting in your life and business. So if you're ready to get started, let's begin. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Fearless Female Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Katerina Kormas, mindset and confidence coach for fabulous female entrepreneurs. I am so excited to bring on my sweet, inspiring friend, Eva Liao. She is a spiritual mentor and meditation teacher who helps people connect deeply with their most spiritual selves. Um, She is amazing at meditation and finding space for yourself and deeply connecting to yourself. I'm so honored we met almost two years ago in a mastermind and we have stayed connected through the two years through Voxer, ups I and downs. It's been two years, actually. That's amazing. Thank Good for us. Yeah, yeah. Good so welcome. Us. Welcome, Thank welcome. You. I'm so happy that we're making this happen. I feel very honored to be here. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's like long time coming. We've been talking about it for like a year. <laughs> and honestly, I feel like we record, we, we, we have ongoing conversations going on in our Voxer group. And I feel like those could be podcasts too. Like we have a lot of good conversations going on in the background. We do. We do. And I think that's really cool because, you know, we're, we, we're, we met through like a business mindset mastermind Mm -hmm. and we watched each other grow and go through the dualities of this is amazing. This sucks. This is amazing. This sucks. (laughs) (laughs) So true. And we've supported each other. Like Throughout this whole time, and we've been like scattered across across the globe too, which yes. is amazing. Yeah, yeah. There are four of four four of us: England, we are in Washington. I'm in Austin, and then Christina's Estonia. in Estonia. Yeah, Macedonia. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So crazy, but welcome, welcome, welcome. So excited to have you. you. We chatted about all different topics that we could talk about today. We could probably talk about many. Uh, the one that kept coming up is boundaries. So mm-hmm. we're going to chat about boundaries today, which I think is, I think we all can relate to um, crossing our own boundaries, having other people cross our boundaries, not even knowing what our boundaries are, just feeling all the emotions around, I don't want to do this. I, you know, I know you and I were talking in Voxer yesterday about me being in this, as you said, a cycle of like, I'm constantly crossing my boundaries, things I really, really, really want to do, but then I'm saying yes to everything else out of fear. If I don't do this, this will happen. If I don't say yes to this, this will happen. If I don't do this, it's I'm going to drop this ball and my whole world is going to implode. And so then it's just been this cycle of 
constantly filling my calendar, not creating that sacred space I need for myself and to, to go inward and to just meditate. I've lost, lost time to meditate. I've lost time to journal. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, especially as we're getting into the holiday season, this is boundary crossing. Yeah. This is when people go into like overdrive. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I'm excited to jump into this topic and you know, first, I'd love for you to share a little bit about who you are, um, how you got into meditation, how you got into the, your spiritual journey and all of that. Oh, well, let's see. I've been doing this specific work um, of working one-on-one with women for about five years now. Um, you, meditation is is one of the modules that I help people with, but really my focus is around helping people experience spiritual awakening and breaking through consciousness. Um, and I think that work started with, <laughs> I think where it starts with a lot of people, um, a sort of rock bottom for me, um, you know, childhood trauma um, and realizing that I didn't know shit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully, can I curse on here? I didn't. Yes, I didn't. absolutely. Okay. I guess it. <laughs> so, you know, I think there's always those moments where we, that are very humbling and, you know, these rock bottom moments um, where, well, for, at least for me, I thought I knew I was in control of everything. I was trying so hard to control everything. I thought, I thought I knew everything. And then I like hit a place where I was really miserable and unhappy and living in New York city. And my boyfriend had just, my then boyfriend had cheated on me with one of my like best friends. And I was like, and all these other things had happened simultaneously. And I was just like, what is this life that I'm living? And I was not being very in integrity with myself. And that came from a lot of like insecurity and childhood trauma. So, um, that, you know, that to me is a spiritual awakening where you can start living from the, I don't know mind. And you can say, I'm, I'm humbled enough to be open, to be shown a different way that it's going to go for me beyond logic mm-hmm. and strategy and really living more from my heart and my deep connection to spirit and to source. Yeah. And um, it's just been a long unraveling since then. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, you bring up like a lot of times it's the further you disconnect from yourself, that's the further you get, it's kind of like all of a sudden you get drawn back. Like it's kind of like you've reached the end of the tether mm-hmm. and you have, you, you have to find your way back. It's the only way to move forward. Well, I think if we're, I think what happens in my experience and what I've seen happen for other people is that like, if you don't listen to the nudges, meaning like maybe your body is breaking down, which was also my case. I was like partying super hard in New York city, doing a bunch of drugs, like mm-hmm. not just living this really reckless, also fun, but mostly rec- reckless life. Um, so I wasn't listening to the nudges. I wasn't like paying attention to the signs and the clues. It, and for me, I think that like, if you don't bring yourself back, the universe mm-hmm. will do it for you. Yeah. And at some point, that's where I think your crossroads is. Like, you're if you're humble enough to listen and say, "Oh, I don't know," then you can bring yourself back. But if you continue to fight against and fight against and like the the what like your reality is actually showing you that like things are not working, then you will just continue that cycle of suffering. And that's where I feel like we have a choice: is that are we going to listen or not? Yeah. 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 So you got, so you found your way back. <laughs> you found, 
your way to listen. You found your mm-hmm. way, you know, to go explore and see what else. Yeah. I mean, you actually, you asked me about meditation. I guess, you know, meditation was definitely one of the first things because I was really struggling with um, intense anxiety back then. Like all of my friends labeled me as like the high strung, like girl who was always kind of like restless and constantly worried about everything, living from a state of just like fear. And I knew, and I don't know, you know, sometimes you're just drawn to certain things. Other people might be drawn to breath work or football or something. You know, I was really just drawn to the idea of like, wait, what if I can, what if it's me? What if I'm the cause of my own suffering? And actually I can also be the answer to my own suffering. What if it's all mind made? And there was like a different option where I can actually experience liberation. And I could do that myself without necessarily um, having to, because it does come from within, right? You don't rely on anything external. That was so appealing to me. And so that's when I really started getting serious about meditation. And um, I mean, it really, let's see, what am I, what would I, I share, you know, I've gone to like these, started going to like really long silent retreats, which were absolutely life changing. And from that process, I, I started meditating because I think I was looking for Um, A lot of, like, I would say what I call more like colonialistic answers of being like, oh, if I meditate, I'll be more focused and I'll be more clear and I'll be more relaxed and, and I'll have higher performance. And the truth is those things are all true. That's what I started, how I started. And and if those are the things that bring you into meditation, I'm like, great. But the reason I, I kept meditating was because I discovered something so much more rich and delicious, which was that in that space of quietude is when I could connect with God, which Mm. is when I could experience the truth of my reality, independent of, um, being over-identified with my thoughts, which are just not real most of the time. Yeah. So now meditation for me has become such a spiritual experience of, going from doing into being and experiencing the magic that is available when we're actually present with ourselves. Um, and, and, and so much of that is about like also understanding like our body and learning how to be comfortable with our body, um, which I will tie into our discussion about boundaries. Cause I think a lot of times boundaries is like the reason it's so uncomfortable, like why we're, why we're not good at it is because it's scary and it's freaking uncomfortable and you have to say no to someone and you, mm-hmm. and you're afraid of disappointing people or all these different things. And then your body goes, ah, oh, like, I don't like this. And we don't know how to be with that. And so instead we contort ourselves in order to run away from the discomfort because we're looking for that. Like it's, it's a short-term fix. Right. Yeah. And so meditation, I think boundaries to me is very much a spiritual exploration meditation is very spiritual and I think these things are all connected yeah yeah Yeah, meditation is uh that's my form like I've tried breath work I've tried them all I I do tapping sometimes but meditation to me I started when I was living in Manhattan I went to a school called HB Studios it's where like all the actors go to you know learn acting and I remember I just wanted to I just wanted to take a yoga class and it was and I knew nothing about yoga. So I wound up taking a Kundalini yoga class, which is like mm-hmm. so different than any other yoga out there. And we did breath work, but it was like in those moments where you had to breathe in and just be in the moment. And it was the end of that class after you've moved and you breathe. breathe and it was like the moment of like settling in. Mm-hmm. And I just discovered that 
it wasn't just me clearing everything out. It was a communication. And it was interesting because every time I meditate, it's like your spirit guides are talking to you mm-hmm. in their own language that you understand when you're in the meditation. And then when you come out of the meditation, your human tries to make sense of what you heard because what you heard makes sense as in nothing you were ever worried about before you meditated actually matters at all and everything you're worried about and everything you think you need to say yes to didn't matter and like there was this whole communication and then you come out of the meditation going how do I translate Mm -hmm. that to this but there isn't really a translation but it is the most everything just you do get clarity but from a different perspective it's more like oh crap everything I'm worried about actually doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) and then you're kind of lost because you want to make sense of it because like it does matter in my mind but it really doesn't matter (laughs) yeah I mean I think that's because okay what you're speaking to is so common and like I kind of clients talk to me about this all the time this idea of like they'll have some epiphany or some insight right that's why a lot of people call meditation like insight meditation is because in stillness you are able to touch into the answers that are always already there, but then immediately on the coattails of some kind of like insight, the logical mind will come in and you can tell it's the logical mind because it's very like graspy and like kind of like ow, loopy ow, and loud and ow, yes, exactly. Strategy. Demanding. Yeah. And it's that energy. And I mean, really it's just the challenge of like, well, which one are you going to give um, power to? Which one are you going to like put on the not a pedestal, that's not really the right word, but which one um, you get to decide, I guess, which one you deem or you want to honor more. Mm -hmm. And I think it's constantly just the recalibration of eventually I got to a point where I saw that that thinking intellectual mind was so full of shit. Like it's, it's, (laughs) it's totally full of shit, like 80% of the time. And so I started not giving as much credence to that And then every time I followed the intuitive, you know, insight that was coming from stillness, that brought me closer to everything that I wanted. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I want to be like very mindful because like, I am actually a very intellectual, like cerebral person. And so I don't want to make it sound like the mind is the bad guy or that like, we need to like, you want it to be there. It can be, you, you can be helpful. You just want it to like, not necessarily always be in the driver's seat. Yeah. Um. So it's finding yeah. that balance. I saw, I heard it explained recently, like the mind is there for like learning, like absorbing information and expressing. It's the intuition and the gut and the heart and soul that's meant to make the decisions. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and that, that was like a beautiful way of seeing it. Like we need the mind to interact with others, to speak, to, to take in information and learn and, and have Mm -hmm. that, that, that evolution, right. That experiences, but it's not, Mm -hmm. but this in here, the heart, the soul, the, the intuition, the connection, the communication with your spirit, that's what's supposed to guide your next steps and what feels good for you. The feeling, this feels good for me. I want to do this thing. I have this, my intuition says to go this direction. Right. And we have to, and I think this is like, we have to trust that, but I think we just live in the Western world where in, in the intellectual analytical mind is valued over, yeah. you know, intuitive wisdom. So I think I'm speaking mostly to a Western audience. Like 
this may not be true in all cultures, but we just happen to be a little bit off kilter. So like, you know, it's just about bringing us back into center and also giving credence to that intellectual, uh, that, that, that intuitive mind, which yeah. I think we don't do in the Western world because we poo poo on it. And we're like, oh, that's frivolous. There's, there's a lot of stuff in colonial capitalistic patriarchal society that says like, oh, that's silly. Yeah. And I think it's helpful to be able to see that, that that is actually just, I think, a way in which people can take away our power. Yeah. And it goes to like, I think one step further than that, because we're so conditioned by that masculine energy, everything structured, everything, everything we think we have to see it for it to like, if we don't, we don't see our intuition, we don't, we don't have the logic. We don't have, we can't put things on spreadsheets if it's <laughs> yeah. if it comes it's unseen if there's no logic behind it yeah it doesn't count mm-hmm. right it doesn't and i think that's a great like transition into boundaries because i think that's one of the biggest issues with boundaries is that it's a boundary between your intuition your heart soul and your mind and we're like we're we're either crossing them, somebody else is crossing them because we don't value what our heart is saying. Like these are the things I desire to be doing in my life. These are the things that are important to me. Mm-hmm. But the outs between the outside world and our mind, we're like, but I have to do these things because I fear this or this will mm-hmm. happen or somebody will judge me. And all of a sudden, we're in this constant emotional struggle of resentment and frustration and fatigue and overwhelm because we're not honoring the dividing line. Yeah. I think that's beautifully put. And in a way it's really simple because just the way that you described it to me, I'm like, how's that working out for us? Like it's very apparent that it doesn't work and it's literally insane. We are insane when we see this thing that isn't working and we keep doing it and keep doing it over and over thinking that something's going to change. And I think when I say it's insane, I mean that in like, it's actually really helpful when we see that humanity is insane because we are just not like, (laughs) you know, we're slowly, I think, awakening and seeing that like, that's just doesn't make any sense anymore. But there have been many times where I know I just think about this all the time about how like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I think there's something liberating about noticing that we are actually insane <laughs> and like yeah. these things are not working. And we've done it for hundreds and thousands of years. Like, the- <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, yes and no. It's I been think- built up, I guess, over thousands, you know, hundreds and thousands of years. Yeah, it's been built up. I would actually argue that I think back in the day, I'm talking like, you know, uh, I, I, I think this is a lot having to do with like the industrial revolution. I think um, indigenous cultures definitely did not live this way. Indigenous cultures were very about living with the land and living with the seasons and living in secular, yeah, with a secu- like the natural secular, cyclical, cyclical, yes, thank you, cyclical nature of reality. And I think they would come and if they could see us now they would be like wow what the fuck happened (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing over there (laughs) yeah exactly i think we've lost a lot of that how's that going for you (laughs) yeah Yeah, we lost a lot i think yeah i think you're right i think um a lot of cultures were a lot more spiritual and like more in flow um 
and in tune with themselves and trusted their own innate wisdom until it became beneficial for some, for honestly, like old white people to be like, no, 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 don't trust yourself. Or we can even talk about religion if you really want to go there about how like, no, 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 like don't trust yourself, trust some other higher power uh, or, mm-hmm. or trust like the white man or whatever that says like, this is the way that it needs to be done. Yeah. And we're stripped of that, like internal knowing. Because we're so, we're powerful beings. I think that's what's scary is that we are, and I've learned this, you know, I too had hit rock bottom, went into the spiritual, my own spiritual journey, not the religious journey, the spiritual journey. And it's just, we're, if you really practice trusting your intuition, like you really practice, like if you really lean into what feels good, not the shoulds, not like not the headspace, not the fears, you literally are guided in every single moment. Like we are so powerful. We have all the answers. And I think that's so scary for people to realize mm-hmm. that we are, we have, we don't, we don't need religion to have connection to the spiritual. We don't, we are already connected, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we already have the the phone line to, yeah. <laughs> to, to the universe. Like to, we are already universal verse energy we're all can like it there is no divide we give our power away that we need a church or we need a pastor we need a, somebody to connect us we need a yeah. me me at middleman yeah but in and we all have our own connection our own understanding our own way of hearing but i think that's really scary for people that we are we are powerful beings yeah and I, I think that's like such a beautiful point. It's scary for sure to recognize our own power sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, for so long, we've been told other people are more powerful than us. Mm-hmm. And we've been suppressed, you know, like, in a lot of our power has been suppressed. It's, you know, distract yourself so you aren't connected to yourself, right? Distract yourself with, buying gifts for people getting into Christmas, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Go do this and, and go work nine hours a day and go sit in a car for an hour commute and go do, 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 do. And then, you know, it, it, that's, that's the way society tells us, I like, guess, do, 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 do have when mm-hmm. really it should be be, 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 do have. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Beautifully yeah. said. Yeah. <laughs> So talk to me about your definition of boundaries. Okay. So to me, actually, I don't, I don't, this isn't like scientific. My, my own personal definition of a boundary is simply being very clear about your truth, about what it is that you want and what you need and honoring that. So it really starts with being incredibly in tune with and connected with and aware of your own self and your own truth and your own needs. And I start there because I think there's oftentimes a negative connotation of boundaries of like, people will often say to me like, oh, I hate boundaries because I feel like I'm exhausted because I'm constantly putting up walls and having to say no. It feels like almost like this idea of like, a limitation on life. And it feels like a lot of hard work because you're like, it just means I need to block everything and like protect myself all the time. Mm. And I'm like, no, like a boundary is something that supports life. So if first and foremost, you're thinking about, wait, what is my truth? What is it that I need? And what is it that I like 
that, yeah, what is it, what is it that feels honest and integrity with my, how I want to live my life? If you're thinking about a boundary as something that protects that and honors that, then it doesn't necessarily have to feel like it's taking away. It should feel like it's giving. Like giving you back your life kind of. Yeah. More life force, more energy, yeah. more time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, if you are going back to like that definition, if you are clear about who you are, what you need and what you want, then boundaries actually can become a lot easier because you know exactly why you're doing it. Like you're, you're, you're so devoted to your own truth that you're less likely to sacrifice yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I get how people can feel that way. Cause it's like an, we really have to, especially in the Western world, right? A real unconditioning of like the first words that come up when people say boundaries is selfish, right? Because we have been conditioned to think we need to do for others first, right? Yeah. Our employer comes first, our kids come first, our family come first. Mm-hmm. As women, we mm-hmm. have been taught it can. So for us to connect, even to take the time to connect to ourselves feels selfish, even like, and then you yeah. get to know yourself and you're like, oh gosh, I don't like 90% of what I'm doing. And I re- just realized that 90% of what I'm doing, I'm doing for others and not for myself. And I really don't want to, then there's a, this guilt and this shame mm-hmm. and this, I can't speak up or I can't put that boundary up. And I think that's the hard because yeah. we've been, can, it's hard to say no. I mean, that you never want, but it's hard because you're also unconditioning something you've been taught since you were born. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is why I think spiritual, I mean, boundaries work is, is spiritual work. It's self love because again, it's deconditioning from everything that's not true, which is the idea of like, if I say no, then I will lose love or I'll be disappointed or I'm not good enough, or I'm a bad person. That's really, really, it comes down to this shame of being like, I'm a bad person. If I'm selfish, I'm a bad person. So it's like conditioning all, all of that. and having the courage to live as a free person is also huge spiritual work. And the reason I think that this is so freaking important, and this is like the basis of so much of the work that I do is that we don't want to be selfish. And because like, we're told that we should, you know, contribute to the world and, uh, that's where our worth comes from and blah, 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 blah. Mm. But I think the truth of our reality and what I have seen, like when I say like, I've seen this, I mean like seen clearly as in like, I went into the laboratory of my life and tested this out. And was like, what is actually true here is that when I am free, that is the biggest contribution that I give to every single person around me. Not the, let me make myself small and contort out of like, being a martyr even, or out of guilt or not even because I'm not in integrity with myself. If I'm saying yes to something I don't really want to say yes to, I don't actually think you're helping anybody. You're actually doing more harm than good in the long run. Maybe you've helped your parent or your sibling or whatever, your kid in that moment, but there's a consequence of that over time. Is that like you said, you get resentful. Um, all of these things happen. You get resentful. You get you you forget who you are, and then like you lose your power, and then you don't show up well for your kids or in your job or for your spouse or whatever. There's you're paying a price. Yeah. Whereas if you, you know, again, get really clear on who you are and what you need, and you honor that, and then basically you're living as a free person. 
that embodiment of freedom is the thing that passes on freedom to other people. Mm, yeah. So like it's, I guess really what I'm trying to say is like, it's awesome setting boundaries because then you are actually helping other people. Like if you want to be a good person and contribute to the world, then just be your fucking self. <laughs> like yeah. that is the biggest contribution that you can make. There's like, you know, there's a, there's a benefit to that. Yeah. 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 And I, well, I get really hyped on that because I'm just like, um, we're just doing it all ass backwards, you know? Yeah. Well, and if you think about, you know, I mean, the world, if you're angry and resentful and you go out into the world, then you're more triggered by other things, like other things that happen to you that have nothing to do, like somebody cuts you off in traffic and all of a sudden you're like, ah, <laughs> really underneath it. It's like, I don't even want to go to this place or I, you know, this person disrespected me and the disrespect is probably another boundary that you didn't set that somebody crossed and like mm -hmm. you're just, and it just starts to bubble up. And then you have a society that's angry all the time because they're always trying to say, they have to say yes. And they're doing yeah. things they don't want to, and they're committing yeah. over committing and they're, they're tired and they're not connected spiritually and they're not, totally. they're not living life. And I think that it's been like a ripple effect, but it, as you said, it could be a ripple effect backwards. Mm -hmm. It could be a ripple effect that we all start to just say freaking no. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I realized I could say no. It was years ago. Somebody invited me to one of those like pampered chef parties. It was a friend. I don't know what that is. It's like one of those MLMs, you know? Like, okay. Okay. And so <laughs> And I had just gone to somebody else's, you know, MLM party. And like, and I, and I remember laying in bed going, I don't want to go. Mm -hmm. And I, it was a really close friend of mine. And I'm like, what would happen? I'm like, she's not going to be friends with me. She's going to be mad. I don't want to go. And I, it was the first time I actually called somebody last minute. I was like, I'm not coming. Mm -hmm. And she actually was mad at me. But at the same time, I was like, Oh, that feels so good that I didn't have to go. Yeah. But it was just like, I couldn't believe how much I was, I spent hours worrying about she's going to, she's not going to like me. She's going to be mad at me. I'm a bad friend. How horrible I should support. I like, it went on for hours until I realized like, I just don't want to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that was, the, I always remember that moment of being like, oh, I can say no to things. That's it. <laughs> I was like, what else? It was kind of like, what else can I say no to? <laughs> yeah, it's incredibly liberating, I think. And also, um, there's this motto uh, this, that my friend Kylie, so my, I also run a podcast called Hello Universe with my dear friend Kylie. And so we talk about this all the time, but uh, this motto that she throws around is like, what's good for me is what's good for everyone else. And I really want to urge people who are listening to this episode to really take that and practice that in your own life. And again, just experiment. So when I say what's good for me is good for everyone else. What I mean by that is what's, if it's really true, like a true truth of mine, you know, not necessarily like whatever your truth might be. And if you're honoring that, even if that means, for example, um, okay, I'll speak for my own personal life. Like, so if I'm breaking up with my partner, I just recently broke up with my partner and on the outset, that could seem like maybe, you know, that's not true. Like maybe I'm breaking up with him and that's not good for him. But the truth is, and maybe he's like sad, which he wasn't, by the way, it was very amicable and, and we're still really friends. But let's just say hypothetically, I break up with someone who 
is maybe toxic and like is really upset and he's like, I need you or no, no, no. How could you do this to me? Or maybe they like fall apart or whatever. You staying in that relationship long term out of some obligation, even though you're miserable and it's not really your truth is an insult to that person that you're with, even if they're complaining about how they're completely lost without you. Like it may not be good initially for them, but in the long run, it's going to be good for them because they don't need to be with someone who's there just to coddle them anyway. And who's going to, you know, so like, that's just like one example of, and there's so many ways this, the reason I think I feel really passionate about boundaries is because um, I've gotten to a place where I mean, I'm sure I'm going to say this and it's going to rear its ugly head again, but like in my daily life, boundaries are not that big of an issue where I can say no if I don't want to go to an event or if I don't blah, blah, blah. That's not as big. For a lot of listeners, I think this is true. It's like boundaries are actually harder when the stakes are really fucking high, like really high. Like if you, my experience is dealing with my mother who was an, an addict and having to say no to an addict and then you're afraid that by saying no to them, they're going to harm themselves or they might actually like risk their lives. Like that's really, really high stakes. Or like a parent who has to say no to a, a child who is an addict and they end up like living on the street. And that's just, it's like, you know, in AA and all this stuff, like this is a really common thing that people talk about. That's when it feels so high stakes and you're just like, I, you're, you're caught in a really difficult situation. And so, but still like that's, you know, I think AA is a perfect example. You can't, um, what's the word? Maybe you might know, I'm forgetting it right now, where your behavior is actually just enabling, longing, enabling. enabling. Yes, exactly. You're just enabling them. And, uh, I know as I've seen in my own life, (laughs) that's not good for anyone either. It just prolongs like the issue. So I think this idea of like going into your life and and practicing, just practicing, like, what if what's good for me is actually good for someone else? What if by saying no, it's actually good for the person I'm saying no to and just try it on. It's, um, I don't know. I think it can be a really beautiful way to open up life. Yeah. 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 And just those small shifts, you know, when you say no and you feel better, right. You're not going to hold, like we forget that everything leads to something else. And like, I think, especially for those of us who, who get caught up and always crossing our own boundaries or having somebody else cross our boundaries and always kind of being resentful. And you, as you said, well, before this, like you get into a cycle of it, it becomes this pattern, but you don't realize that one, if you would have said no, it could have opened up so many other things for you along the way that now you're in this pattern of constantly saying yes to everything you don't want to do. You're missing opportunities and space to create or to, to, to see other, other things you could be doing, or, you know, having more passion or having more time to do, you know, like for business, people, women in business, like, but you saying no, like, I think there's like a, somebody said it, I don't remember, is it Warren Buffett? Somebody said, uh, some famous entrepreneur, right? It said, he, entrepreneurs say no most of the time because, <laughs> because they have to have space to do the things they desire to do and create what mm. they desire to create. If they're saying yes to everything, I think it was Sarah Blakely who said when she first started Spanx, she said no to every invitation. She missed all birthdays, mm. events, everything to grow her business. And that was like, but that was her joy. Like she wanted to do that and yeah. she needed the space to do it. But I think the other thing besides missing the opportunities is that 
all that emotion stays in us, right? So the resentment builds up and the shame and the guilt and the ugh, all that stuff. And like, we just push it down, push it down. And then it we either becoming, become these walking zombies of like anger, frustration and overwhelm, mm-hmm. which isn't good for your friends, your family, anybody else who you're going to eventually lash out at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's going to come to the surface and then you're not living a joyful life, which means that you're not actually living life. You're not actually being, you're not in your life. You're in everybody else's life. Yeah. And you're living half a life. Like it's actually no yeah. way to live. Like if you do it, I mean, yeah, there's something to be said about making compromise every, you know, when you need to, but we're talking about like, if you're consistently sacrificing yourself over and over again, um, there's a lot of suffering in that. Like yeah. that's, it's, and I think a lot of people do live that way and it's not really any way to live. No. And then you're, you're missing, and then you're constantly resentful. You're constantly depressed or feel defeated and you kind of get stuck in it where you don't see the way out anymore. Yeah. And then, so, but I think yeah. you said something really important. It's like, you have to practice it. Like if, yeah. if it seems so hard to set boundaries, it literally takes you saying no once. It's literally you saying, this is the one thing I want to do today. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say no to everything that's going to keep me from that thing. I really want to talk about, okay, so like, what do you do though? Cause it's not just like, oh, Hey, let me say no. And that's it to me. What I really want to share is about how about the nervous system and the body because, Mm -hmm. because boundaries work is all about nervous system work. (laughs) It's like, so for someone who's listening, who's like, yeah, this sounds really great. I know that I need to say no, but the problem is it's really hard. Katerina, like, it's really hard. What do I do? And it's uncomfortable. And that's where I think the practice lies Mm -hmm. because yeah, it is hard. It's uncomfortable. (laughs) Like I think, and I think you spoke earlier about how you know, when you, when you and me and everyone, when we, um, cross our own boundaries, it's because there's fear there, right? Like there's fear of scarcity. Like if I say, if I don't do this thing, then I'm not going to be able to pay the bills or I'm not going to have this person as a friend or my boss isn't going to give me the promotion or whatever it is. There's always like some sort of fear there. And so, and what I have found is actually, um, well, actually, well, what do I want to start? Do you mind if I talk about the nervous system for a hot second? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the nervous system, let me try to break this down in, in like really basic. So some of your listeners might might already know this, right? So we know that there's fight, which is where we like, there's fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. And I think all of this can be seen in our boundaries. Fight is when we get like, uh, you know, really intense and we get really defensive and actually we might put up like a really hard, overly rigid boundary, which is also something that I see a lot of people, like our boundaries get too rigid because we're like, no, no, no. Like I need to constantly like protect myself. Mm-hmm. There's flight, which is like, nope, I'm just going to run totally in the other direction. <laughs> There's freeze, which is when I'm like, like numb and disassociated and like, can't really be in touch with my emotions. And then there's also fawn, which comes up a lot in boundaries. Fawn is really when we are, um, when we like acquiesce and basically say people please. Yep. So that we avoid conflict and disappointment and discomfort, right? So it's helpful to notice actually what's happening in your body when you feel this discomfort, because if you can pinpoint, if sometimes just the awareness is helpful enough to be like, oh, wait, I'm experiencing like, uh, 
a reaction that's beyond my mind. I kind of just feel this feeling in my body where I'm either frozen and I don't know what to do, or I'm fawning and I'm saying yes when I really need to say no, or um, and, and all of these things. And so, um, when we, <laughs> I think for a lot of us, when we set a boundary, saying no is just like the first step. And sometimes that can be really hard. Um, but sometimes that's like the easiest part for me, for me, the saying no is the easiest part. The second piece of say of the boundaries is like, actually like what comes on the coattails of saying no is like, it's what one of my clients, she calls like the hangover. <laughs> it's like the, Oh no, I said no. And now I'm freaking out. Like very similar to your story, right? Your, your friend wanted you to go to this like MLM thing and, and, um, well, actually, no, I guess in your situation, you said no. And you were like, no, that felt really good. <laughs> well, right? but before I said no, the knowing I was going to say no was yeah. the, oh my God, all of these, the world's going to come crashing down. I'm going to lose this friend. Right. Like mm -hmm. the, yeah, that, mm -hmm. that. And then afterwards, I mean, waiting for her response, I was in that like, oh my God, we're never going to be friends again. She's going to be so mad at me. And this is yeah, forever. Again. Yeah. That like discomfort piece. Right. Yeah. Right? So I think what I generally like to help people with is like this other piece of like, yeah, you've said no, but also how do we take care of ourselves when we've actually said no. And I feel like so on edge or I feel so uncomfortable. Um, because you mentioned resentment earlier and Brene Brown has an amazing quote about boundaries. And she's like, choose discomfort over resentment. Mm. which I think is really true because I rather choose discomfort over like long-term resentment because resentment is exhausting and yeah. you know, I really don't like it. So, but okay. So let's just say we choose resentment. I mean, let's sorry, we choose discomfort. How do we actually um, be with this discomfort in our body? And that's where I think working on our nervous system is where a lot of the healing can take place. Yeah. It's saying like, what do I, can I make space for this discomfort while knowing that I'm still safe. Yeah. That I'm not actually that like the world is going to come crashing down on me. Yeah. I think it's recognizing like resentment's going to linger and that's going to eat at you. Whereas discomfort is just you regulating your nervous system. It is, you done something different that the four, the old version of you that would never say no has ne would never have done. And now you're becoming the person that's taking a little bit more power back and it doesn't feel good, but it's only a temporary feeling mm -hmm. because you yeah. can regulate yourself out of it, but you have to do it in order to get you. It's like, you have to, you have to start the discomfort. Mm -hmm. If yes. you don't, like you could say in the resentment mm -hmm. and the never knowing, but resentment is never going to go away where discomfort is going to go away. As you become more comfortable, you become the person that can say no and set the boundary. Yeah, exactly. And for me, and I'd be actually curious to know for you too, like what's helpful for you. But for when I talk about like, okay, well, how do I be with discomfort? It's all about, it's not a mind thing. It's a body thing. It's like, how can I come back into my body and experience what it feels like to like the sensations of my body rather than the stories that are in my mind? And so I need to be able to like, I have to have the skillfulness to feel the sensations, what's going on in my body. Like, okay, my, my stomach is really tight right now. Or like, oh, I feel like a, there's just something that's always in my throat. There usually is like a thing clogged in my throat. And when I talk about being with the body, it's like, 
no, like I can make space for this. And it's not this like white knuckling, like, oh, I'm going to go in here like an MMA fighter and just like tough it out. It's, it's like you meet that edge and then you soften into it and you're like, oh, I feel like a, like a frog in my throat. Can I like let that in and experience what that feels like and be with it and not have to judge it and have this experience of being like a human being, which is a lot of times just like little minuscule sensations that are in our body. And to completely feel that without needing to be afraid of it, you will find that when you don't resist it, it will move and it will change. And then it's just the practice of learning how to skillfully feel discomfort in your body so that you can actually let it pass. Mm. And then you do this like a bunch of times. I mean, I don't want to like oversimplify it because sometimes, yes, it takes practice. And, 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 um, if it's like a really big trigger, then it might take some time, but also like, I really do feel like if you practice this over time, um, your nervous system gets regulated and it says like, Oh, uh, I said no. And I thought my friend was going to like not be my friend anymore. But then I came into that, my body and then that fear went away and turns out, Hey, I'm still safe. And now I have all night free and I get to just like live my life and I feel better for it. And you just reprogram your body and your mind to be like, wait, it's safe for me to say no when I want to say no and say yes when I want to say yes. Mm. Yeah. 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 And to me that comes like through meditation too. Well, and I think also like, you know, for those that, because I know for me, the body part, I can't just, because especially with somebody with high anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. So I freak out and then like, you know, so for me, I, I might add a mind part, a story, Mm -hmm. like a, either a mind part or a habit part. So like, if I just said no to something and I'm, I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, what if I missed out on this? What if this happens? What if this happens? Like, obviously like take a deep breath, like feel into it, but also go pair it with something like go pair it with something that calms you like a cup of tea, like be Mm -hmm. in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then you can add the mind. It's like a layer. Then you add the mind piece of like, what did this allow me now to do that? I said, Mm -hmm. no, and I'm freaking out, but what is the opposite? What did it give me space back to do? So it's like Mm -hmm. the little layers because I know for me, again, it's triggering fight or flight mm-hmm. and I, I mindset spiral will go straight there, but to calm in my, you know, if, if, if you're struggling with really being like, it's a safe feeling, it's safe for me to be discomfort it's safe. Mm-hmm. sometimes you can't get yourself to feel safe in that mm-hmm. discomfort, mm-hmm. especially if your mind's going, Oh my God, what did I just do? Oh my gosh. What did I just do? Oh, what if this, and you can't get out of that. It's like pair it, go like, have a moment, go, go take that space back to yeah. meditate. Yeah. But then also say, okay, but look what this gave me back. How did this give me back my power? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're making like such a good point, right? Cause I think it really depends on where we are. And I've totally been there too, where like mine, I'm so maybe I'll be in a place where my, I'm so like anxious or like my nervous system is so dysregulated that I don't have access to my body. And some, mm-hmm. so sometimes like the, like you were saying, like a cup of tea or a, a, a loving thought can be the entering point in. Yeah. Um, and so yes, like yes, a hundred times. Yes. Right. Whatever it is that I think helps you feel that safety. Um, and, and if you have a hard time coming up with like the positive thing to say 
I sometimes will just like take my hand and put it over my heart and just close my eyes. And I think when I take a deep, deep breath and I have to remind myself, like I am safe. Yeah. And if you say that to yourself and it brings you relief, it will show you ways in which you are believing that you are not safe, which is good. You want the unconscious to come to the conscious level because yeah. that's the first step of like healing anything. Right. So it's, yeah, I think <laughs> there is, I think, a, a, what do you call it? A visceral pro proponent to that, like the hand over your heart and mm -hmm. like the contact of like hand to chest or something like that. But I think it's about so much about identifying why it is that we don't feel safe and then seeing if we can cultivate that safety from within rather than again, relying on an external factor to bring yeah. us safety, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, like a friend's love or like some payment of money or. Yeah. 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 Instead of going and grabbing the phone and asking a friend, is it okay that I did that? Is it okay that I did that? And waiting for the external validation. It's, yeah. it's how do you trust yourself to do it? Because you're the one taking the power back for yourself. You can't take the power back and then give it away to somebody else. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone, I mean, I get it. Like I will message you all the time and I'd be like, Hey, I do need validation. Right. Sometimes yeah, it will yeah, happen yeah. and that's helpful too. And so I think it's subjective, like depending on where you're, but, but, but ideally I think it's it's nice when you can find that for yourself. Yeah. It's funny. I think of the, I don't know if, I think it's like Reddit or something where people are like, am I the asshole? And they tell, like, talk about like how they set a boundary by telling their in-laws they couldn't come visit or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you shouldn't need like 49,000 yeah. people to tell you if you're mm -hmm. the asshole or Yeah. Yeah. You what if you. Okay. With setting the boundary. Cause that's what you felt like. <laughs> yeah. Like what is your truth and can you honor that? And you don't yeah. need to like explain it away or, or, um, look for a million reasons. Why? Yeah. Yeah. I think you forget that we're like these master storytellers and master creators, and even the idea of not saying no or saying no or setting the boundary, we've told a story around it, right? Like yeah. it's not truth. Like nothing is nothing is ever really truth, right? Like everything is just what you say it is, what you believe it is. It's just anything you say can be truth. It's a, mm -hmm. you just pick and choose what you want it to believe. Yeah. So you choosing to say, I don't, I no longer want to do this thing. I, I want this time to myself. I want, this is what, whatever it is, whatever that boundary is, you're just changing the story. But the problem mm -hmm. is when we've told ourselves a story so much and the stories that are rooted in the fear and the doubt and the scared and the judgment and whatever, that gets rooted right into your nervous system. It gets rooted basically into your DNA. It's a wiring. And it's literally yeah. connected to every other story you've ever told, connected to every other story. And the longer you tell those stories, right? If this story has been going on since you were five, that you couldn't do these things, you couldn't say no when you had to do what other people told you, whatever it was, it's going to be more and more uncomfortable because you're unwiring so much, not just the story about that one boundary, you're, you're unwiring the stories that have been connected to every relationship you've had, mm -hmm. every employer you've had, every time mm -hmm. you never said no because you kept telling the same story. So that moment of discomfort, I don't know if this brings comfort, is the moment you're going to unwire all of that. Yes. And so that is, and yes. that's why I say it's so hard because the initial time you stand up for yourself and you use your voice and say, and, and take back your power, 
it is like a shock through your whole system when you haven't used your voice or it's been a long time or you've been telling the story. Yeah. It feels like the you have no safety net again because it's all rooted in there. Yeah. And so it's literally you not only taking back the power in that moment of the boundary, you're taking back the power of you being the storyteller. And it's a yeah. new story you're telling, which means that you're identifying yourself as somebody different. Mm-hmm. And that Ooh, I- is so, and it's, it's the, what I call the becoming process in order mm-hmm. for you to become the person that does more of what she wants to do. Yeah. You have to become her, which means you have to be unbecome who you were before. Yes. And that is like, and, and that's where people go back because they don't realize that first moment of discomfort is the biggest wire cut. Yeah. And then every time you do it moving forward, it's just unraveling it and unraveling it and rooting a new belief in that you are the person. It's like, um, like, like, like you're, you're in an old operating system and it's time for an upgrade, but the upgrade is now going to take 45 years. <laughs> you know, like, you know and you're like, you're like, okay, I'll update my computer. And it's like, this will take 10 hours because yeah. you haven't done it in five years. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Katarina, what you just said, I thought was so beautiful. Cause I think what you're speaking to is like, yes, yeah, so you're on, yeah, you're, beca- you're, you're, you're letting an old version of you die. All, all of this stuff. I think, sorry, so this is what I want to get into, which I think is also really juicy. I think what you're speaking to is like the energetics of what's happening. Cause to me, it's bigger than just like what's on the surface. I think what you pointed to was like, it's the death of who, of what you used to do or who you were. And then a rebirth of something else. There's like, I really believe that when you start to do this, like the physical body work and you're with the sensations and you're like, I'm with discomfort. Discomfort feels crappy, but it's not bad. Like, I don't think discomfort, I don't have a a label or an association of discomfort is like, there's good and there's bad. And it's not, it's not bad, especially if so, if you can like show up to that moment of discomfort and kind of like, let it be there. I really believe that like, on a molecular level, you are resetting the atoms in your body. You're making new neural pathways in your brain. And energetically, you're just like resetting and everything. Like essentially, you get to a moment of discomfort and you're at a crossroads. Mm-hmm. And if you you have not there's that's their point of awakening right there. Like yeah. that is an your portal, I think, into either liberation or going back to how things were. And it's, it's like okay. A warning signal that something's different. That's all yeah. it is. Something's yeah. different, and a decision has to be made in this moment. Something's different, and you get to choose in that moment. Yes. So I actually really like that moment. When I like now, when I get to those moments, maybe because I've had enough experience, and I think this happens with a lot of people. Like, oh, you build up your capacity, right? Or you see what's actually true. It's like, oh, I can go to this moment of discomfort and see that it's actually not bad. (laughs) I look forward to them because that literally is the portal for change, depending on how I respond. And there will still be times where I'm like, we'll hit this moment of discomfort and I'll be like, nah, I'm tired. I'm just going to go back to the way things were. And that's fine too. I don't want to like 
you're ready when you're ready. It takes yeah. the time that it takes. Like I think yes. we have, have compassion with ourselves rather than being like, oh, I need to be a spiritual being and I need to get it all done <laughs> right now. Like it's so easy for us to get into those stories, which then cause shame because we're judging ourselves for yes. having needing to be different. And then that just keeps us in a loop. So you know, it's like, I also just want to offer a little bit of like, yeah, I think that's a great, a great point, especially like life is complicated. Our lives are complicated and it's not always the great, the greatest time, you know, it's not always the greatest time to, to set a boundary because mm-hmm. if you're going through so much and then you decide like, I need more space, it's probably the hardest time to create the space because yeah you know, life is crazy. So life's chaotic, whatever's happening in personal life, your business, your, your, your career, just family stuff. Like sometimes you try it and it doesn't feel good. Sometimes you just freaking need the safety. You know, sometimes yes. you, you just, and this is where the no, I think you said it, no judgment zone. You know, you do it in your time. You, t- you try it. It didn't feel good. You're not ready now, but you know, you could do it because you tried it. You know, yeah. you, you tried it. It really shook you up. You couldn't handle the nervous system, the change. Mm-hmm. You went back to your old ways. It might be uncomfortable. It's like the devil, you know, for the mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. But you, what we don't realize is when we try something, even if it we don't move forward with it, we gained an ounce of strength. We've yeah. gained an ounce of knowledge. We gained an ounce of like, okay, I could do it. I didn't like the way it felt. Yeah. But I mean, there might be another opportunity. Then, yeah. Cause at least then it's a conscious choice. So you're a free being rather than a compulsive, rather than having it be compulsive and unconscious. And so anytime we can choose, that's fine because at least we're like in awareness and in our own power. And then that makes it easier for the next time too. So yeah, I just think it's so funny because I think people in spiritual work can oftentimes get like so caught up in like, um, it's like perfectionism comes through the back door. So like I mentioned right now that like I'm going through a breakup, it would be insane of me. And I think I would have done this before in the past if I was like, okay, well now this is the time where I need to like, you know, get really hard on myself and like expect myself to work to like a certain level or like do all these things Mm -hmm. because personal development says I should do them when I just don't, that's not like, it's subjective because for where I am right now, that's not realistic. And so I think it's like, yeah, a, there's a know no, thyself. there's no failing in the personal development expansion world. Like there's no fail. Like, I think, I think that's a really good point as we're growing and evolving that there's no mm-hmm. failing. There's no, like, I am not a spiritual being because I was unable to set my boundaries <laughs> and I was unable to meditate and I was unable yeah. to do these things and I'm a horrible, you know, it's never going to yeah. happen for me. And Yes. whatever there's just I think that's such a society condition of success and failure when in life there's no such thing it's just yeah. a process of evolution you're 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 always learning you're always growing even if you're not consciously doing it right so like you don't have to consciously say this is the time I'm going to set my boundaries and I'm going to do the things I love and I'm going to do start to meditate like yeah just because you don't do that consciously like it doesn't mean you're not growing Cause you just are like, you just are evolving yeah. in some way. Yeah. And then eventually it becomes an outside action you take. Yeah. Yeah. And I think once you, if you like give yourself less pressure, it'll actually happen more organically. But if you're giving yourself a lot of pressure, you're basically just blocked. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's subjective. And I think you have to know your, like your window of tolerance. Like this is all about being 
present enough with yourself to know, like, do I need this now? Or do I need this? Do I need boundaries now? Or do I need to just like, that's too much for me right now. Let me just see what I, whatever I can do to make my feel self feel safe. Maybe that's what I need. And then your window of tolerance is like, um, sometimes you'll be able to go up to that discomfort and you, and you, I just had this visual of a slide and you're like, yes, discomfort. And you're just like going down the slide and you're like, I'm just going to fucking ride this wave because I'm here for it. And sometimes yeah. you're not going to have access to that. And your window of tolerance is going to be a lot smaller or whatever. And then you say, uh, no, 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 that's just like not for me. So. Well, and I think the other thing to remember is that you are shocking your nervous system, right? So, you know, if you realize like, I have no time in my schedule for myself, like nobody's telling you to like say no to everything. So you have a whole day to yourself. Like it mm -hmm. starts with like the stupidest little things, like the self-care like paradigm, right? Like it could just be, I'm going to spend 10 minutes reading a book for myself. I'm just going to go for a walk for 10 minutes and I'm going to block out that time and say no to everything, or I'm yeah. not going to show up, answer emails or social media or whatever for the next hour. Cause that is my time. Like yeah. you start with the smallest things. Like, I think that's one thing like we have to remember in this world is that because we are dealing with our nervous system, that when it puts us in fight or flight mode, it's literally our body saying, we're going to die mm -hmm. like survival, 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 don't put yourself in that immediately. Don't like yeah. jump all in and go yeah. all in. Mm -hmm. Literally find like, okay, we're going into holiday time. Like Ooh, yeah. this is, there's so much like this emotion, this family, this gifts, this obligations, that could, all this stuff. Just set one boundary, set your goal that I'm going to, there's going to be one thing I do not want to do this year for the holidays and say no to that one thing, or I never have time for myself during the holidays. Well, then you set aside one day for yourself. You set, you, that's how you start to mm -hmm. then take your power back. It's a whisper yeah. first. Yeah. And yeah. Then you can use your voice louder. Yeah. And I will, and, and I, to add to that, I, I will say that again, it's super helpful to think about like, <sighs> we do say no, but it's also the reframing of like, what are you saying yes to? So like, mm. if you want to go for that walk, because I think people get exhausted by being like, okay, I'm just gonna say no to everyone else. Again, again, it's like, like, I get that energy yeah. of like, I oh, can just like block everything out. It's like, no, you're not saying no to everyone else. You're saying you've already said yes to a 10, 10 minute walk. And that mm. feels to me more expansive and more life giving. It's, it's like, essentially you're not on the defense all the time. Like yeah. being it sucks to be on the fucking defense all the time. And so I don't want people to do that when they're thinking about boundaries because yeah. you will be drained by that. That will drain you over time. Well, think of it as a uh, dentist appointment on your calendar. Like, you know, you can't cancel because they're going to charge you. Well, the yeah. same thing happens if you say no to that five minute, 10 minute walk, mm -hmm. it's going to cost you anxiety, frustration, you know, yeah. overwhelmed because you were really looking forward to the walk. Yeah. So you're letting yeah. yourself down. And that's the cost is the emotion and the frustration and the resentment that comes yeah. with that. Yeah. So I like the way you said that, like you're saying yes to a, yeah, a little but, bit of time for yourself. You're saying yeah, yes I mean, to something you're really excited about, which is never wrong. Yeah. So like, and even with that, that concept of like, okay, so yes, there's a price that we pay. So if we say no to the walk, we're going to feel resentment and tired, but also what are you saying yes to on the walk? You're saying, yes to peace. You're saying yes to clarity. You're saying yes to nature and fresh air and ease and time to myself. And like, you know, when I say that, like I'm fucking stoked, I'm excited yeah. about, about yeah. like, it's a feeling that makes me feel 
again, like there's a life force behind that. Um, and it's very life giving. Yeah. And it's addicting yeah. too. Cause then you're like, I want to do more of this cause it makes mm-hmm. me so happy. So what am I going to do tomorrow? And yeah. you know what I really want to do tomorrow? I want to paint ceramics or I want to yes. like, and I'm going to say yes to that. Cause this feels really good. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, for me, it's like my soul well-being is so freaking important to me. Um, that I think it's become easier for me to set my boundaries because I'm just like, I know from experience, and I think experience is the most like more important than anything intellectual, but like I know from experience that when I have set aside time to take care of my soul and my body or whatever, because I need a lot of alone time, mm-hmm. when I do that. It's amazing the ripple effects of that. Like, uh, it just feels like I am able to give so much more back and I'm like so much more available for all of life. Not less available. That's what other people think. They're like, if you say no, you're less available. No, no, no. If you overextend yourself, then you're less available. If you are in resentment, you're less available. Um, and available for the right things, not available for everything. Yes, all of yeah. A sudden, yeah, you're more discerning on what you are available for because if you you're kind of kind of euphoric in a way like this feels yeah. good I want to be in a good energy but it is because it's interesting I don't actually like it when I'm not available for life and for people in my life that actually doesn't feel good to me and I find well if I want to be available for them I actually need boundaries like that's that's the paradox of it all the other thing I want to say about boundaries really quick is that um you know, it's, so we've talked a lot about like saying no to things in terms of like time and action. I think there's like, I think there's a bunch of different kinds of boundaries. There's like boundaries in relation to how we spend our time and our action and our efforts. But I think there's also, there's physical boundaries, Mm -hmm. there's emotional boundaries, and then there's also like energetic boundaries. And this is something that I see a lot with people who are like empaths who are like, like Mm -hmm. myself, we have poor energetic boundaries and we just fucking absorb everybody's shit thinking that we're being like these really wonderful Helpful, and we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You need to have energetic boundaries. Like this is again, for all the people that they're listening who are like, wait, I, I'm an empath and I feel like I take on a lot of stuff. Like, so this is just like the tip of the iceberg. Like we're just getting the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more to be explored here about like your physical boundaries and also, um, emotional boundaries, whether or not you can feel connected to people. Yeah. And like, so a healthy boundary is when we feel both connected and protected. So it's like, you can give love and you can also receive love. And I think something that I see a lot with people is that we overcompensate because we're burned out. So we're like, oh, I don't have any boundaries. So then you overcompensate by setting really rigid boundaries. Mm -hmm. So there's such a thing as having a porous boundary, which I feel like we just talked a lot about is saying yes, when you mean no or blah, blah, blah. But rigid boundaries is equally as big of an issue that I've seen with like my clients and just in the world is that you're so set on protecting yourself, probably because you had rigid boundaries (laughs) that you can't (laughs) went the other way. And now you're actually, it's becoming counterproductive and you're blocking out people and connection and love and, 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 mm-hmm. or your, your output is blocked and you're not allowing yourself to be vulnerable. You're not allowing yourself to be seen. Um, 
So I just want a little, little PSA for watching out for rigid boundaries too. And in reality, I think we actually, oftentimes a lot of us will sort of vacillate, vacillate between one yeah. or the other. So it's yeah. just look out, look out for that because that's just another sort of tricky trap door. Um, that I think a great question to ask is what am I available for? Like, and that's, that goes from time to emotions, to energy. Like I know a lot of times, like, what am I available for in terms of people's drama? I'm not available for people's drama. It's not <laughs> going to, if it's not going to fuel my soul, I'm there to listen if somebody needs help, but I'm not mm. there to take it on. Yeah. I, like, I think that's, that's a question I like to ask myself. What am I available for? And mm-hmm. you can ask yourself every day, what am I available for today? And like, cause I think we also forget that every day we don't always get the same amount of energy every day. Mm-hmm. You know, we like every day we wake up and if we're overwhelmed or we're sick, we're available for less. We're available for less in terms of like, I can only help the people be here for my dog today because that's yeah. all I have availability for. I don't have availability for the family, the friends, whatever, right? Yeah. But another day I might wake up and be like, okay, I have the availability, I have the energy, I have I have the space to take on a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a great way to kind of yeah. start the assessing process yeah. of, it's a get over like the rigidness or the non-rigid, right? Like from mm-hmm. what am I available for and allow it to be a moment to moment thing as opposed to a, I got to set it now. I got to mm-hmm. shut it all down now because every day is going to be totally different. Yes. That's such a beautiful point. Yeah. O- working organically with reality, I think is like kind of the language that I like to use. Meaning it's a moment by moment process. It's not like, and I think that takes a certain amount of skillfulness to be attuned to yourself and all of that can be learned. So, and again, meditation is really helpful for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What a great conversation. I love it. Yeah. This yeah, was really, this was really everywhere fun. with this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually how most of my conversations go. So kind of part for the course. <laughs> but I think it's so it's, I mean, I know this is one I'll listen to again, like, as you, like, cause, because you know, I lose boundaries. That's one of my weaknesses. I lose my, I, I'm all over the place with letting clients cross my boundaries, employers, Mm -hmm. everybody crossing my boundaries. Yeah. I need the reminder to come back. Yeah. I mean, you and I both girl, like I, I, and even if for me, like I was saying, I don't know if I cross for me. Okay. I'll say this for me. And also for listeners, even if you're like not struggling with boundaries on the day to day, it'll fucking sidetrack you one day where again, something high stakes happens. And then you're really going to have an initiation with your boundaries. Like mm-hmm. something crazy is going to happen at work or something with your parent is going to happen. Something with a child is going to happen. Something with a, I don't know, addiction is going to come into you, like whatever, all of these things. And then this, this, this conversation will be applicable then too. Like, yeah. cause we're always, I don't know. I don't want to say we're always challenged. That's not necessarily true. Um, but it, you know, it will just organically pop up from time to time in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. especially in business, <laughs> especially <laughs> as an entrepreneur. It boundaries oh are. We can have. A we haven't even talked about that yet. That's like a that's that's a can of worms right there. That would be. All right, yeah. Future uh, episode. We were going to yeah. do all on the boundaries of an entrepreneur because that is like a whole new initiation to boundaries. Like that yeah. is something I don't think any of us as entrepreneurs were. <laughs> aware of that we needed when we jumped in yeah for sure yeah that's for next time time. (laughs) 
Yeah. Too. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much. Where can everybody follow you? Tell us about your podcast. Well, first, I just want to say thank you um, for having me and for facilitating a really beautiful conversation. I think just sharing a piece of, of yourself um, and all the beautiful points that you made. Uh, where can people find me? So there's the Hello Universe podcast. I run that with my dear friend, Kylie. Um, that is probably one of our most intimate shares. Um, I'm also offering, well, there's also my meditation programs. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at I am Eva Liao. And lastly, I'm promoting a new program that's going to come out. I don't know when it's going to come out. I keep saying it's going to come out soon and then it ends up taking a lot longer, but it is all about healing our relationship with productivity, which I think kind of touches on what we've talked about today too, this constant doing and instead learning like the, the toxicity of that and how oftentimes that's a nervous system thing and there's hypervigilance there. So um, we talk a lot about coming into the body and learning how to feel safe. Yeah. So that there's, um, a wait list for that to get some early bird specials. Um, so if you're interested, you can just sign up for that. Awesome. And I'll put the links in the podcast description as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Oh, Katarina, this is great. <laughs> Finally, you were on. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hi there. If you're ready to be the woman that has all she desires, if you want to become untethered to the fears and limiting beliefs holding you back from taking action and showing up in your business, if you find yourself caught in a spiral of negative thoughts, taking up valuable time and energy, thoughts such as I'm not good enough, my family won't approve, what if no one buys, I'm not worthy enough, what if I raise my prices and no one no one joins my programs, I don't know enough, what if I fail, maybe success isn't meant for me, or any other limiting belief or fear, then Breakthrough is perfect for you. Breakthrough is a two-week one-on-one coaching experience with me where we dive into identifying and working through all that is keeping you from your next level breakthrough in your business. This is where we rewire your thoughts so you embody the beliefs the thoughts, and the actions that'll bring you to your next level success and dream. Breakthrough includes one 90-minute call with me, plus two weeks of Voxer app coaching where you have access to me each day during the two weeks for coaching and support. So if you're ready for your next level breakthrough, click the link in the podcast description and let's get started.